0: Welcome to the Center of Influence podcast, the place for breakthrough conversations with experienced business partners like you. It's time to optimize your center of influence. Let's talk. Everyone and welcome back to the COI podcast. I am here with John Defreitas and Mike Thomas from Express Employment, uh, also president of the Central Illinois Customer Service Association, also known as SILSA, and the vice chair of the board for the Salvation Army here in town. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, to chat with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Likewise, likewise. Um, so we typically like to start off with kind of you know, the the story of of uh Mike, how you got here, um, uh, some bumps and bruises along the way, how you got to your role uh, with Express would be fun to hear about. And and then um and then maybe we'll we'll dive into a little bit about your uh community involvement with Silsa and the Salvation Army. But yeah, tell, tell, us some, tell us your story, man. Yeah,
1: cool. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks again for having me. Very excited. Um, how I got to Springfield, um, you know, so I'm from Southern Illinois, Centralia, Low Bay Town, a lot of people don't know about, um, you know, previous to 2009, you know, basically throughout my childhood, my teenage years, um, you know, I just didn't want to grow up. So um, when a lot of my friends stopped partying and uh, kind of got serious about life, I didn't, you know, and uh, just, you know, obviously took me down some some dark roads and uh, some bad decision making um, drugs and alcohol, you know, um, crime. And uh, before I knew it, I just found myself in this uh, never ending kind of cycle of in and out of jail and uh, prison, you know, and uh, just no no fun, no way to live. Right. hurting everybody I loved, um, you know, so just a lot of shame and guilt from kind of living that way. And, um, you know, I didn't know what to do or, or how to change because I had got down that that, pow- that path so far. And I found myself um, back in the penitentiary um, for the fifth time, um, you know, as a result of drugs and alcohol and, and, and bad decisions. And um, I remember just feeling so hopeless and helpless. And, uh, you know, at this point, pretty much um, people were kind of done with me. You know, my family, as much as they loved me, they were just kind of like, what do we do? How do we help this guy? Like right. you know, Nothing was working. And uh, I remember for the f- really probably the first time in my whole life, I had um, said a prayer. I, I said, God, if you're real, you know, show me you're real. Like I have, um, you know, I'm kind of at the end of my road here. Right. Um, And, uh, you know, the thing about it, like I'd always get I'd always get out of, um, you know, trouble or rehab or whatever with great intentions and motives. Like I'm not an idiot, Uh um, but I just I lacked the tools, the resources, um, you know, sometimes drive to really know how to stay on a good path. So like I might get out and land a job or or get a girlfriend or or whatever it was at the time, um, but I was never able to stick to it. Um, so I said, God, if you're real, show me you're real. And through some um, some interesting uh, events, you know, I, I got involved with the church inside there, um, started getting some schooling um, and things just began to change for me. I started getting some hope, um, you know, and um, it came time for me to to get out. And I knew that it probably wasn't a good idea to go back home. You know, I had done that a few times. And uh, I learned about a, a Christian discipleship program here in Springfield. I had never been to Springfield, knew nobody here. But gosh, you know, when you're at that point in your life, you don't really have much to lose. So uh, I said yes. You know, and I signed up for that and committed to that for um, I was a part of that program for about eight months. Um, so I came to Springfield. And, uh, you know, with an extensive criminal background and, and kind of being an outsider, employment was not easy. You know, right. so I'm knocking on doors, trying to apply, you know, and that we're going back to 2011 and, uh, you know, paper applications, things like that were still really prevalent. Um, so I'm, I remember just going in places and like applying and never hearing back. And uh, so I found my way to the Salvation Army and um, they gave me my first job. Um, I started working in the warehouse there, um, just an entry level warehouse worker for about five or six months. Um, some things changed and, um, I, I was next, my, you know, as things changed within the army, I became the production supervisor. So next thing you know, I was really thrust into like this leadership role. I had five stores I was responsible for, um, you know, it varied, but anywhere between 40 and hundred employees. Wow. Um, you know, so you got to learn a lot and kind of, you know, get with it pretty fast. Um, you know, in addition to that, so now I have a great support system, a mentor, you know, I'm trying to live for the Lord and make better decisions. Obviously I'm no longer using drugs or alcohol. Um, so that helps. Right. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of thrust into this, this leadership role and, uh, it was great. You know, I learned a lot, um, at that time the Salvation Army had the Adult Rehabilitation Center so um, you know I'm meeting people that were um you know struggling just like I had once struggled and was able really able to not only learn a lot from them but also I felt like from time to time um you know instill some hope in some of those guys right and um you know some of those folks are still friends with me today that I knew um, from the Salvation Army so that's how I got to Springfield uh Springfield's been been great for me um you know, the administration changed with the Salvation Army. So I was, um, uh, my position was terminated. Um, um, so I was kind of pushed out of that. Uh, always, I've always stayed connected with the Salvation Army, you know, mainly because they gave me a chance and nobody else would. Um, from there, I went on to um, retail, um, got into retail management, worked for a Sprint franchise. That's oh, a throwback. Yeah, for almost right. eight years, I guess it was. Uh, you know, learned a lot, met a lot of, um, great people, had a lot of success. Um, you know, God is, um, a big part of my story. As I was in retail management, a lot of the the friends I have in the community and the relationships I have today started there, you know, um, mm-hmm. I was a guy working on their phones, fixing their phones for them, taking care of their families. And now, um, you know, we have this, uh, business relationship in, in the role I'm with now with Express, um, five years ago, um, you know, I was, get married. My wife and I were having a a child. Um, Retail was just eating me alive 70, 80 hours a week. Sometimes at this point, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're good at something, right, they try to oftentimes uh, organizations will, uh, they can be a curse, right? So Mm -hmm. now I'm finding myself in Peoria and Champaign and uh, Michigan and, you know, just um, being, being spread pretty thin, you know, and it was hard to, hard to manage a, a wife and a kid. Um, I had two older children from a previous relationship, so um, it was time for a change. And um, when you when you're working that many hours, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to find a job. You know, it's hard to to have much energy. Thankfully, I have a mentor, and um, he knew the folks over at Express Employment, and he said, you know, maybe you should talk to Express, and you know, they're in in the people business. They help folks find careers and, mm-hmm. and jobs. I had never heard of Express. Um, You know, so I went and met with them, and um, like I said, that was five years ago. And uh, I love what I do now. I get to help a lot of people, a lot of companies. That's primarily my role with Express is business development. So, talking with business owners and and trying to help them uh, with their struggles.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned that you had a mentor that kind of put you down that path to Express. Um, How did that affect? your attitude? Like, were you going in just looking for Express to help you find something else or?
1: Yeah, no, great question, John. I didn't really know what to expect. I had never heard of Express. I remember getting to the parking lot that morning. I was still employed at Sprint, you know, and um, they had been good to me. So I knew that I wasn't just going to settle for anything, you know, and um, I knew that I was going to give them um, 30 days notice because, you know, in a management role, I had a lot of responsibilities and I just didn't really want to leave them, leave them hanging. Um, So yeah, I I remember Google and Express and because in my mind, I'm thinking, did my mentor like hook me up with a temporary agency? Like, this is weird. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I just had no idea what to expect. So I went in with an open mind. And uh, ironically enough, I I had met with the owner um, of of the local, of my boss now. And I I didn't really know, you know, and uh, I remember that initial meeting was more about helping me think through what I was doing, uh, instead of, you know, talking me out of just leaving sprint, like I was earning pretty good, you know, I had been there for a while. And I remember it kind of dawned on me like, man, that's, that's different than, you know, Maybe a different, you know, sometimes people just want to talk you out of the opportunity and get you to say yes and, and join their team or whatever, right? But I remember Jim Britton was really talking me through, you know, what what could be next, what do you enjoy? Um, so that initial conversation was really just getting to know one another. Um, and... Um, the next time I came in, they kind of dawned on me, they could be considering me for an internal opportunity (laughs) here, Um, which, like I said, it's been great. Uh, Great team. Um, You know, coming from the retail management and, and, you know, cell phones, I was no longer um, selling a widget, you know, or, or a product. It was a more consultative approach, which in the beginning, I, I didn't enjoy, you know, because I was so used to that instant gratification and, um, you know the cell cycle being pretty short, in this world the cell cycle can be very long, right? right. Um, so it, it was it was quite an adjustment. But yeah, having having a mentor in Tom, uh, you know, not just employment but life in general. I mean, it's just it's so um, it's so neat just to have somebody that you know has your best interests in mind and wants to see you succeed. And you know can give you good advice, and you know talk you down off the ledge sometimes when
0: you're you know right. you're uh you're being crazy. <laughs> so so yeah, yeah we we end up talking about mentors a lot uh on this podcast yeah. just because of of you know our our name, the Center of Influence Podcast. It's not some people hear that and they think referral sources. Some people hear that and think you know community leaders and 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 what ends up happening most times in the conversations that we've had with people that their main center of influence is a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe just, it, I think it'd be helpful to explain how you came across your mentor and, and maybe, mm-hmm. uh, an explanation of, of what they've meant to you, uh, in your career.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so Tom Hardy is, uh, is my mentor and he was the, uh, So remember i said whenever i was getting out of prison i had connected with the chaplain there and learned about um it was called transitional um, prison ministries tom was the president of that organization so he had done you know prison ministry for 20 or 30 years right so our relationship really began there and has just evolved over the years you know he was the best man in my wedding um you know we we still even you know i I've been out of prison since 2011, you know, kind of on this path, right. Um, But we still most times we we have lunch weekly, you know, we talk a lot of times every day. And it's just somebody to do life with, you know, Um, we all have uh, struggles and shortcomings and, you know, challenges, um, you know, mental stuff, emotional, whatever it may be, right, life is a life's hard on your own, you know, and, uh, obviously relationship with God is, is first and, and at the forefront, but, uh, it's often needed to have that tangible face-to-face somebody that, you know, and trust, um, you know, so for my example, you know, I, I know there's no doubt that, uh, that God brought us together, um, you know, a roundabout way, a lot of our paths to cross. And yeah, it's just been uh super beneficial for my, my development, my growth as an individual, as a professional, you know, uh, like I said, just somebody to to bounce things off of. It helps that he's much older than I am, you know, and has had life experiences and been through things that, you know, I'm going through now or have yet to experience, but I'm able to kind of learn from his experiences Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, he's just a great example of a husband, a man, you know, he does still does community service, you know, um, still tries to have his hand extended for the person that might need a hand up. And that's just a great example for me, you know, coming from where I come from, where, you know, in the old, old world, I lived in the old lifestyle. um, You know, you didn't do much for anyone unless you were getting something in return, you know, and it was really about selfishness and, and, you know, what's in it for me kind of mentality. And, to, to shift full circle from that to, you know, um, just trying to help people because it's the right thing to do um, has really been, um, you know, much easier with somebody that's lived that lifestyle for, for like I said, a number of years. So, right. And, you know, and that's, that's Tom's who I consider my mentor, but gosh, I've been blessed with um, other people, you know, that, I would kind of even put in that same category. Maybe I don't spend as much time with them or, um, glean as much from them, but, you know, even my old boss in the wireless world and cell phone world, uh, Lawrence, you know, just a great example of a man that, um, you know, loved his wife, you know, does good business talks about treating people right. And, you know, he really helped shape, shape my thoughts and my mind around sales, you know, so often sales gets this awful um, connotation around, you know, greasy and kind of use. I don't really want to bash you use car salesmen, but sometimes that's what happens, right? Is mm-hmm. you, People think about sales as this nasty word. And he helped me understand that sales is helping people get what they really want. It's taking care of people. Like, you know, you're you're providing a product or a service or a solution to their problem. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've been uh, very fortunate to have a lot of men that have went before me walked alongside me to help me um you know be the person I am today so
2: I was curious um when you mentioned uh when you first started with Express that they talked about uh walking through walking you through what you wanted to do is Mm -hmm. that something that you know from an employee perspective is that something that Express always does or are there different circumstances
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's really the model is um, we want to get to know the person. Um, So on the back end, you know, we're, we're fortunate to have a lot of companies that we work with that we, we know, and we continue to get to know and learn about, right. And that helps us as we're meeting job seekers to be able to match the two. But yeah, so the the model, the process, if you will, um, the standard is, we're always getting to know our companies and our people better. And it's not just about you know throwing a person at a job and hoping that it works out it's really about vetting both of those parties and trying to make a true match happen because uh you know we spend most of our times at work most of our time is spent at work so why not enjoy it and that's so foreign to a lot of people where they they think uh jobs a grind and it's you know it is what it is but you can really enjoy what you do if you mm-hmm. have something in the corner that can help you in that regard. So, yeah, our, our process as we're meeting applicants and candidates is, um, you know, what do you enjoy doing? What do you not like doing? What kind of money do you need to make? Um, you know, those, all those kinds of things, um, you know, that help us understand someone's skills, qualities, experience better. That way, uh, you know, we're not wasting their time as we're talking to them about opportunities. Um, So yeah, we spend a lot of time with both the companies we serve and the people we serve trying to trying to make that a good experience for both people, both parties. Um, You know, we are in the people business. So unfortunately, you know, sometimes people are people and they let us down. But um, over time, you know, we, um, the companies we serve tell us that they do see better candidates because of our process. Often, you know, we're not the only agency, only employment agency in, 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 in Springfield or in, in the world, you know? Um, So often I'm getting asked, I get asked that question, you know, what's different from you than ABC company. And um, I often always revert back to us. It's our process. It's really that, that people first mentality of um, wanting to be a good experience for them, you know? Um, So, yeah, great question, John. I I like that.
2: How do you feel the uh, job account, the environment, I guess, I don't know if I would say economy, but the environment for jobs are right now. Is it up, down? Is it?
1: I tell you, it's getting better. You know, we just came off, uh, you know, through the pandemic and everything, just this, um, it was so competitive. Everyone was kind of competing for the same pool of people, which is never fun, you know, and um, truth be told, there's just not enough people, you know, uh, some people will say, well, nobody wants to work, you uh, That's just not true. People have to work. Um, There's just literally not enough people. You know, the pandemic, people died. Some people moved away. Some folks found out that they don't have to go on site. They can work from home. You know, they can work for a company on the East Coast here in Springfield, remote. Um, So all these things, right? On top of, you know, if we go back 30, 40, 50 years, households would have six to 10 to 12 kids. Now, most households are having two, three, I mean, rarely you hear about four kids, hardly, right? So there's literally just not enough people to keep up with the demands of the companies here locally. You know, um, it's starting to, we're seeing more and more people, um, um, you know, applicant wise, right? And, and the quality of the individuals is, um, is increasing. You know, there for a while, um, you know, it didn't help with the government was helping people stay home, right? So that, that played into that. Um, so we've been in a very uh, great spot being in the people business, right? So our, our services have been in high demand. We've had a lot of success the last three years um, in helping companies find, find people. You know, often we get lumped into that category of we are a temporary agency. Um, you know, we do everything from temporary kind of one day projects all the way to direct placement with everything from accountants and engineers and executives all the way down to landscapers and, and general laborers, so we're we have about twenty recruiters on our team that specialize in a specific space or skill set, if you will. Um, so yeah, I mean there's still a need for people. You know there's still a lot of a lot of openings. Um, companies are learning and um, discovering ways to do more or get the work done with less hands. Still, um, of course, you know things like automation and technology are, are also solving some of those problems. So it's a, it's a strange time right now. It's certainly slowed down since um, the new year um, here locally, as far as the demand for people, I would say, um, you know, it certainly helps the demand also that there has been some local um, companies that have, um, you know, made some changes and there's more people available and skilled skilled people, you know, good people. Um, so that certainly helps with the, the demands for for individuals. But yeah, we were just all competing for that same pool of kind of entry level um, individuals, you know, whether it's bank tellers, or general laborers, or production workers, um, there's only so many of them to go around. So really, um, you know, then and now the companies that are able to attract and retain the people, they're paying you know it's it's the ones that are paying the, the most right that's what the, that's what's important i mean we're all kind of feeling it right now with um, inflation and things being expensive it it's getting hard so mm-hmm. we can't expect individuals to be able to to live on minimum wage it's just not it's just not a thing anymore you know and then in illinois of course um, they're helping us kind of adjust where they're increasing the minimum wage a dollar every year um, so but yeah kind of right now the a going rate, if you will, for really just um, an entry level persons, somewhere between 15 and 17, even though minimum wage is only 13. Um, So a lot of times that's, that's my role with companies is helping them understand that, think through that. It doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a better quality person, but it opens up the number of people we can talk to about your opportunity. All right. If you're paying 13, the pool's this big and it gets bigger and bigger, the more you pay. Again, I can't guarantee quality of individuals, but it
2: opens up the possibilities.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So are you seeing companies have to make tough choices? Uh, So if their entry level people are now 15 to 17, uh, where does that put their current employees? You know, are they vastly underpaid compared to what market? Are you seeing a lot of market adjustments? Like what kind of conversations are you having with employers about that?
1: Yeah, um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, shifting if you will a lot of moving around because yeah to your point you know as you pay people come in the door more you know the individual that's been there for a number of years didn't start there matter of fact it took them four to five years to get where that person's at so now this person if that company is not able to accommodate them you know they're finding an opportunity that will you know so yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of seats being shifted if you will um locally here um and rightfully so. Again, I mean, you know, people are important, and you know, it, it's, it's becoming more challenging to afford things. So we have to adapt and adjust, um, you know. So the companies that are faster to do that and realize that and accept it are the ones that are, like I said, they're, they're getting their seats filled. You know, they're they're able to keep up with the production and and meet their customers' demands because they have enough hands. So
0: what uh, what's the ideal company that you know i guess customer for you um is there an industry is there um mm-hmm. is there is there a certain type of business that you guys look for certain situation mm-hmm. that that people seem to reach out to you more often for your help but who yeah you guys great are question and the best
1: um we work with any and all companies it's easier to tell you what we don't do um, so restaurants was really not restaurants, retail, you know, tattoo parlors, gambling joints, liquor stores, those things don't fit for us. Um, We don't do doctors, nurses, or medical. um, So everything else we specialize in, you know, I have a team, uh, our specialized recruiting team, um, accounting engineers, finance professionals, um, you know, um, CPAs, all that kind of stuff, Uh, even some sales and management in there. I have an administrative team, so receptionists, back office support, um, those kinds of people, anything kind of white-collar, administrative. We have a light industrial team, so everything blue-collar, um, production workers, um, drivers, general laborers, truck helpers, and then we have a skilled trades team. So anything skilled, um, more so uh, electricians, engineers, um, welders, HVACs, carpenters. Um, we've recently um, had them focus on CDL drivers because they're in high demand and short supply, oh, yeah it's become kind of a skilled thing to find those. people. Um, So, yeah, we, um, we have, you know, we're able to help companies in any of those categories. You know, we're we're fortunate express has been here 40 years in the Springfield market. So we have um, about 300 companies we serve throughout the 12 month period and about a hundred to 120 we work with consistently. So any given week on contract alone, we have, you know, upwards of 600 people working, um, on contracted companies. In addition to the direct placement, we do, um, a real, one of the most popular programs we have to offer is it's called evaluation to hire. So it's just like, it sounds, it's a predetermined amount of time to where, where the employer record, where the company gets to experience that person, that person gets to experience that company before an actual hiring decision is made. That evaluation period looks different depending on the company. Mm-hmm. Some companies' evaluations 90 days, some are six months, some even go a year. Um, You know, so it just looks different. Um, Just as popular is the um, seasonal contract work we do. So some companies recognize, especially in the manufacturing world, they might need 40 people, but they don't need them long term. They only need them for the next season, three months, six months, whatever that might be. So we recruit around um, those parameters, and we're letting the applicants know. You know, this is a start date, end date. This you know, rarely are they going to pull anybody out of this pool to add to their core, it can happen, but this is really the need. So it's good for the individual, it's good for the company. Um, You know, so we're, we're structured where we can help companies with all their hiring needs. Um, We do a lot of, um, you know, somebody's out on maternity leave or medical leave, and the business needs that person, right? So we're able to, to fill in short term stop gap, sometimes it's referred to, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Okay. Yeah. Cool.
2: Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement in SILSA?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the Central Illinois Customer Service Association has been a, um, a great organization for us to be a part of, um, not only at Express, but me individually. You know, um, it's in its eighth year now as a entity. I've been a part of it for four, a little bit more than four years, I guess. Um, this year, I, I'm the board president. Um Our past board president, Lisa Nardi has done a great job. We have have a board of directors and we have an advisory board that really helps us with ideas and it kind of steers us. Um, We do eight programs a year um, roundabout, really just geared towards our members and helping them be successful as they go back to their workplace to serve their customers. So we bring in national keynote speakers from all around the world in partnership with the uh, Capital City Speakers Bureau. And, um, you know, we might talk to half a dozen speakers, but we really keep in mind our members and, you know, not a speaker may be talented and have a great uh, talk, but it's not it doesn't fit with our organization. So we really we really keep our members first. And that that's what kind of separates us sometimes from different organizations is. We're 100% volunteer basis. All of our dues and fees go right back into programming. So um, yeah, it's an exciting organization. Um, we have a lot of momentum. We just uh, got up to about 200 members, individual or corporate uh, members, um, everything from frontline workers to executives and CEOs. Um, so yeah, we, we actually have an event coming up on March 10th um, in partnership with O'Shea Builders. Um, O'Shea is actually hosting us at their O'Shea University um so yeah it should be a should be a great great time
2: yeah so what um i i saw that you guys have a podcast also so why don't you tell us a little bit about that
1: we have uh yeah so we do a video series called meet the members right so when COVID hit we're in this weird space of we can't do programs anymore because the world shut down um so we asked our members hey we had just collected um renewals so we're like do you we'll give you your money back because we can't really do anything so as a board, we thought, how can we can surely do something? So that's where the idea came, right? Where um, Steve Prelta, one of the founding members and I um, <laughs> really just started with a little camcorder and a tripod and would track people down, ask them to meet with us and have some questions. Again, all around getting to know them and then putting that out on our social channels and our um in our website and whatnot. And um, it's still a thing today. Like people, people want to do it. They're excited about it. Um, it's been beneficial for us, you know, not only to get to know our members better, right. But also promote their service or product or business to, to the public as well. Um, in addition, um, one of our new board members, um, Andrew Bartlett, who owns Ootbox Media. Um, he also has a podcast. So there's been some, uh, some crossover there. Uh, we, we really have a strong desire to, Um, try to tap into um, not only national keynote speakers, but also local talent here. You know, Springfield is is a great place, um, as we know, you know, to live and and work. But we also have some amazing people with some great stories and passion and and expertise here right in our own backyard. You know, from global headquarters here in Springfield, um, you know, healthcare leader, obviously, our state and government um, sectors as well. So, uh, yeah, exciting stuff, man, with uh, with the SILSA. Um, so we're excited to see we have our we have a couple keynotes um booked and planned already for this year um a really exciting speaker in may um stephanie stuckey um from the stuckey um, franchise group yeah Um, we're
0: excited about that so that'll be a good one yeah good one um well it's probably a, a good time to kind of let people know how they can learn more about not only you and find you, but, but express and, and SILSA also probably makes sense yeah. to share that information.
1: Yeah, no, thank you very much. Again, thank you for your time. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and talk with you guys. Um, yeah. So at express, uh, you know, we have an app, a website, our phone number is really probably the easiest 217-528-3000 um, you know, whether you're a business looking to hire you're an individual curious what could be out there for you as far as a career opportunity. We'd love to talk with you and, and share with you. Um, you know, again, we're fortunate to have deep, meaningful relationships, sometimes 20 years or more with some of the leading companies in Singamon County. So it really gives us that advantage, um, as we're helping individuals find their next career. Um, we're not competing for time. You know, we pick up the phone and call the decision maker at that company and they, they meet our candidates because they trust us and we've done business for so long. Um, SILSA, um, C-I-L-C-S-A hyphen springfield.com is our website. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, We're really proud of our website. So feel free to check that out. Um, It's very cohesive and has uh, different tabs from our events to how to become a member, um, some spotlights, um, things like that. So yeah, that's exciting. Uh, And then of course, um, Michael Thomas, I'm on LinkedIn and um, try to stay fairly active on social media, so.
2: Awesome. We'll put links of all your uh, sites and and social media pages in the uh, the footnotes of the, the video and the podcast. So thanks awesome. for having uh, for joining us today, Mike. We've had a nice conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you guys. Keep doing great things.
0: Yeah, thanks. All right, everyone. Well, this is uh, Nick and John signing off. Mike, thanks again for coming on. Um, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Take care.